Storm Bowling Products, the bowler's company, presents the Collegiate Spotlight with Coach K. Storm's technical director, Steve Klimkin, also known as Coach K, and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce you to a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Kelly Kulik. Kelly is a graduate of Moorhead State University. Kelly is a nine-time Team USA member. can also check Kelly out this summer bowling the PWBA event. So, Kelly, Tim Berg, and Coach Casey of Clampkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you guys for having me. So, Kelly, you were the 1997-1998 Collegiate Bowler of the Year at Moorhead State University. You were a four-time Collegiate All-American. What did you learn from bowling in college that has really stayed with you and helped you now that you're bowling uh, in Team USA and bowling all overseas and doing all sorts of fun stuff like that? Probably the biggest asset I, I retain from bowling, collegiate bowling, is, is bowling with five other individuals. Um, learning to communicate with people. You may not have to like them. You don't have to love them. But when you're on the lanes and you're competing for a title, for a championship, you need to learn to work together and, and set your differences aside. So we really learn to communicate, to read each other's ball reaction, and um, know that the, the goal was to win, regardless of, of getting there, just to, to make the final goal winning. Now, you went right, let's see, right after you got out of college, Kelly, you went, I think you competed in some of the Team USA, like World Youth Championship stuff, didn't you? Were you able to, uh, were you able to use some of those you know, techniques and stuff like that that you learned in college to become a better team player on Team USA as well? Absolutely. Um, I... I had the privilege of, of working with a variety of coaches, youthful with Palma Falgren and then Fred Borden just one or two years. And so I met up with Rod and some other coaches, Jerry, along the way. But all the skills that I learned in college definitely uh, transcended my game to both for Team USA as well as an individual. Uh, again, the variety of lane conditions that we bowled on in college, the variety of lane services we, we combat it. Um, we definitely saw our share of, of different environments. And from there, it just took me a, across the world to see other great bowlers from all other countries, Australia, Malaysia, Singapore, and Thailand. And uh, it helped me to adapt faster to those challenging conditions as well as just being aware of my competitors around me. So I, I, took, a, I took away so many grateful assets from, from collegiate bowling that helped me be even a better Team USA athlete. You, and you mentioned, too, with uh, uh, the great Fred Borden that you got to uh... – you got to uh, have coach you there. What, what was it like uh, bowling for him, uh, or for him as a coach for you, Fred Borden? Uh, as a young bowler, I heard so many great things about him, and he was not only was he a great physical and fundamental coach, but he was so inspirational and motivating and motivating as well. Um, he just had this this aura about him that he could convey a concept to you and do it in such a way that whatever level you were, however long you've been bowling or little you could understand it and grasp it in, in seconds. And he really, he was a father figure as well as, as a great mentor. And um, I, I'm just sorry that I didn't have as much time with him as some other athletes did. So, Kelly, you've worked with a lot of great coaches there. Talk about how you're able to, as a player, combine kind of their different philosophies because they all kind of have probably one main goal, which is to help their their bowler and such but getting you there might be a little bit different so how were you able to how were you able to help uh, you know work with all the different coaches without it getting so confusing that you just kind of get too frustrated and you're trying to do one thing and a different thing etc um well as good as the coaches were when, when it comes down to an athlete's performance 
you have to trust your gut instincts. So even though they could give me advice, they can give me suggestions, in the long run, I have to be the one that's going to live with the decision, whether it's right or wrong. So it, it mainly was like a filter. I would bend their ears. I would throw suggestions at them. They would throw them at me. If I disagreed, I disagreed. If I didn't, I went with it. And th the one thing about our sport is potentially you have to give up one frame to get the next three or four. So if it didn't work out that I would throw a split or, or leave a combination spare, if it led me to progressing and striking out or, or, or stringing a bunch of strikes the next few frames, I would do it. But I listened to everything they said. You know, I filtered it. I, I took it as a sponge and, and rinsed out what I didn't want. But then I'd also make a mental note of what I wanted to keep that would help benefit me in other competitions to come. So I, I picked up a great deal of information from all of them. Do, who do you uh, who do you go see now? You know, if you have a little bit of trouble with your game, if you need an extra set of eyes to to watch you. Uh, locally, I have Ken Yakubowski. He has two pro shops in my area. He's also a gold certified coach. Just a wonderful person to bounce off ideas. He's worked with Fred and Jerry and does a camp with them in the summer. So I rely a lot of Kenny's eyes. And then I also rely on my Ricker grads, um, Richard Walding up in New York, Brian O'Mara drills, Golan Walsh for in the Rochester area. Don White is a very good coach. But then I also have the guys on tour. So Del Ballard, obviously, he's watched me grow as a person in my early 20s, pulling on the ladies' tour and now the men. Um, Jimmy Callahan is a tour rep for Storm, and, and he's seen me bowl for a very long time. So I, I do. I, I, I'm fortunate enough that I have more than a handful of, of people to to contact in case I'm missing something, whether it's with equipment, something physical, um, you know, fundamentally, or even just something a little tweak. So Kenny Yakubowski, just because he's local and a good guy, but I do have a, a huge tree to, to reach out uh, on my list of friends to call. So, Kelly, bowling versus bowling on the, the PBA tour where you're bowling with the men, how is that different? What is there a different mindset that you have versus that versus the upcoming PWBA events which are coming up? Uh, lately, bowling with the men, I want to beat my head in <laughs> and hit it against the hard wall. Um, it, I've always been asked the question, you know, bowling male, female, does it matter? Physically, men are just generally stronger because of their testosterone level in their bodies and their biological makeup. I wish I had enhancement to throw the ball 19, 20 miles an hour and create more pin velocity and, and more pin action in the back to be able to get away with some of the shots. Women, we do have to focus some more on accuracy where... You know, the guys like Sean Rash and Belmo and Tommy can, can throw a strike and bounce the head off the side and, and kick out the 10 that way or roll a two pin. Um, the moves are faster. The, the men break down the lane so much faster because of the rev rate and ball speed. Um, and honestly, as long as I've been out there, I'm still sometimes behind the eight ball against them. I, I can't decide whether I want to get right of them and play away from them or try to stay on top of them and be with them. I just tend to lose my carry the deeper inside I play. So... If anything, they've made me a stronger person mentally, uh, and I do know the moves quicker. So when I'm against the women, I do feel I have an advantage because of my rev rate and because of, of my knowledge of bowling with the men. I see the lane break down a little bit differently. I know to go the stronger equipment when, when the fronts go a little bit away and i got to go further inside so the ball really reads the mid lane faster. Um, it, it's definitely taught me a lot about ball motion, um, and really, just to endure the good breaks and bad breaks, it, it's frustrating many times. I really haven't felt I've had some good years since I won the TSC. But if anything, it's given me value as, a, as an athlete as well as a coach to, to give that information to, to future generations. I'm glad you just brought that up, the TSC, because you just, you know, you listed several things that, that you would say would be a disadvantage 
trying to compete against the men, but you were able to, I mean, that was one of the most memorable victories, I think, from a lot of bowling fans was watching you win that tournament. So how were you able to do that, just given all those things you just mentioned? That week was, was special for me. Uh, ironically, the, the first day in roll call, Parker came over and asked me a question. Is he okay? And I said, I just don't feel like I belong here because, A, I've never won a men's professional title, so that was a qualification to even be there. I got an invitation because I won the Women's World Championship. And um, my mother was with me at the time, and she had suffered an ankle injury, so her overall health wasn't positive, and I guess my mental mind was more on her and, and thinking about her. That way my my brain kind of shut down and my body just did what it was trained to do for so many years. And that was just to repeat shots and throw a bowling ball. And, um, to highlight also coaching was not allowed at that point. So I, I took the information I had from previous years from bowling on tour and, and against the men. And I read the lanes well, and it was just one of those times where my ball speed, my rev rate, the lane condition, if all the stars were aligned and everything matched up to where I could perform at my highest level. Um, had it been on a longer pattern, I may not have bowled as well, but it just seemed like everything was in alignment that week for me to excel and do what I was supposed to do as a bowler. And to me, it'll by, be by far one of the, the best moments in my career ever. So, Kelly, it's been a couple of years. You've been with Storm and Rotogrip. Talk about the transition and just getting used to some of the different ball shapes and motions that you're seeing from the Storm equipment versus what you had been throwing. Sure. I was really thrilled about Storm bringing me on into their family and on staff. Um, EBI had made great products for so many years, and I won many, many titles with the products. But on tour with my ball speed, I suffered. And um, I made a transition, and I have to admit, it was a long transition. I, I honestly still feel like I still struggle sometimes because of the different shapes. When I was with um, the other product company, I kind of physically had to do something with my hand to get the ball to go down the lane and then make a more reaction in the back end. With Storm products, you don't have to do that. Their covers and their core designs just make the ball clear the front so, so cleanly and give you that back end motion that when you go deeper inside and you have to get the ball around the corner from, from the eight board, it's still going to retain energy and still go through the pins the right way. So it has been a blessing in that matter. Um, I, I feel like I'm finally getting the learning curve over with and going to make a, a quick transition into the men's tour and maybe put uh, my footprint back there. But the products are just so great, and the privilege of being able to roto-grip as well as storm at any given moment, not just not just qualification, also on the telecast. Bill Christman and Barbara and the staff there are so supportive of what we do as a player, and they know that a bowler outright, regardless of the prize fund, that the uh, title is the most important thing. So their products alone give me a different shape, and now with service adjustments and lane conditions, you can pretty much make the ball do different things to read the lane better for you. So... It really was a win-win situation, and the fact that they smell good is even another bonus. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Hey, the Storm and Rotogrip, you know, both brands, they're definitely really strong, not just here in the U.S., uh, but also in Asia. And, and, you know, we did notice as well that you won a couple of titles as well in uh, Malaysia and Singapore. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about what it was like uh, bowling over there, differences or similarities between Asia and the U.S.? It's definitely an eye-open over there. Malaysia and Singapore both have their government supporting their players, and that's a huge relief. It allows their swing to be a little bit looser. But their main job and occupation is to go to the center every day and practice. Over here, for me, granted, professional bowling is my occupation, but there's still other some lifelong life um, obligations that come in the way. But to go over there and watch these youngful kids, and I call them kids because they are younger than I am, see them train every day, 
have advanced coaching that I didn't have at their age and seeing that they're progressing at such a rapid pace compared to what I did in the boulders of my generation, it's fascinating. It truly is. It's, um, it's a, our logo this year for, for USBC is the future of, of our sport. And Malaysia and Singapore right now are eating, breathing, and living it at this moment. Um, Singapore has a different surface over there. It's very challenging to play on. I think it's very, very speed sensitive. So it really makes me focus as an athlete and as a bowler, kind of not having that freeness to the right and that hold in the middle that I'm used to seeing all the time. Um, but it really, their government supports them. They have top-notch coaches that are learning from us as well as from other international coaches. And they have all the technology available to them to make them the best athletes they can be. They are tough competitors, especially when we see them in international competition. And um, granted, even though I'm 30-something and I have all this wealth of information and experience, these 24- and 25-year-olds can, can really bowl. So uh, it'll be exciting to see if we do make our, our, our entrance into the Olympics, what's going to play out. But from here on until then, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it keeps me on my toes, let's just say that. Well, Kelly, I'm taking a look at your website, and that's k2bowl.com if you want to learn more about Kelly. And you talk about your workout routine of, uh, of how you're able to, you know, it's, it's one of these things nowadays, you know, maybe 20, 25 years ago it wasn't as big of an issue, but nowadays keeping our bodies in shape uh, from flexibility to the aerobic part of things and weight training as well. Talk about how you're able to do that and, uh, and help, uh, you know, just help, help, you know, keep the longevity of your game around. Absolutely. Well, you know the expression, if, if I knew then what I know now, things would be different. And I wish I'd taken better care of my body at an earlier age and my overall nutrition. But um, you need flexibility, of course, to keep the muscles loose. You need, I firmly believe you need the strength training within your legs to develop that ball speed that everybody's searching for these days to create all that pin action in the back. But overall endurance level, it, it's, it's a combination of not only physical importance, but mental I, I'm a firm believer that if you feel good about your body and your preparation before stepping on the lanes or anything you do in life, chances are you're going to have a positive effect or a positive outcome from that. So if I can get my body physically tuned, I'm mentally tuned to, to attack any task I'm, I'm prepared to go in for. And um, again, I strongly believe that if you can endure 12 games, nowadays the competitions are more like sprints. Then marathons, you're bowling 20 games in a day and then having to put your shoes back on and bowl another seven or eight game qualifier the next day. If you're not physically in shape to do that, not only is it mentally draining and physical, it's just, it's, it's the overall fatigue. So kids these days, make sure you're in physical shape and the collegiate programs are really pushing that these days. So it's just in the long run, it's going to help you endure those longer formats and, and feel refreshed when you're done rather than just wanting to pass out on the bed and go to sleep. Yeah, hey, good good points there, Kelly. And final final question I have for you then, too, kind of related and, and building on that fitness theme there. Do you, who do you have as far as like an inspiration uh, in our sport as far as other either fit bowlers or uh, some, you know, who do you go for athletic guidance uh, when you're looking for uh, this kind of information and, and to you know better your technique and workouts? That's a very good question because uh, I'm trying to think of some of the athletes on tour that do utilize this. Um, Shannon O'Keefe is younger than I am. She is in great physical shape. She's very petite, but she 
she's a constant workaholic when it comes to exercise and, sh- and getting in shape. Uh, I was always a big fan. Amaletto, in his age, bowling out on the senior tour, he seems to be in great physical shape. I know he runs and works out. Brian Voss and Norm Duke, again, some of the older veterans and everything, but the reason why they're still performing is because of their overall shape. So I admire their physique and, and what they do for their bodies. When it comes to the ladies, again, I would say Shannon. Um, I can't say many others that inspire me, but really my friends locally. I'm a member of the YMCA. I substitute teach instructor as as an aerobics instructor as well as a fitness area and some hit classes and everything. So I I am my own inspiration, but watching, again, these younger girls come up, Danielle McEwen's got a great physical game. She's in great shape. It's it's just pushing me to be better overall. So, But I've definitely seen some of the greats, and and where they are today is because of how well they took care of themselves in, in past Great stuff, Kelly. Again, check out k2bowl.com. Uh, best of luck this uh, upcoming PWBA events as uh, you're going to be bowling them all at Safe to Assume, correct? Uh, I will. There's a big event in Japan that just got added to the calendar that might interfere with Sacramento. And unfortunately, the price on is 83000 for first place. So if you're a bowler at the World Tour event, we have to hit it. But other than that, I will be supporting all the PWBA events making my way to that tour championships in in the beginning of September. And we look forward to all the girls coming out, giving it a try, getting some experience, and hopefully to grow this sport and and the ladies' sport itself. Awesome stuff, Kelly. Thanks for joining us today, and uh, all the best of luck. Thank you very much.